listening to Resonance 104.4, The Art of Listening. I'm Tim Hopkins, and this is Freaky Trigger and the Lollards of Pop. Tonight we're hoping to talk about comics. Uh, more specifically, comics criticism. Writing about comics, I suppose talking about comics to an extent as well. I'm joined by three guests this evening, each with their own angle on this particular world. Uh, first, we have a uh, comics writer and I suppose sometimes comics critic Al Ewing. Hello. Uh, we have a uh, long-time comics critic and editor of uh, online comics journal FA, Martin Skibble. Hello. And we have comics fan and uh, someone who's happy to talk about comics given half an opportunity, Magnus Anderson. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Magnus. Now, the other week I was trying to get hold of a copy of the... Uh, reasonably well-renowned book uh, by Douglas Walt called Reading Comics and so I went to a handful of bookstores uh, up and down Bloomsbury uh, and I found myself unsure of where to look in each shop which, which, which section I would find Reading Comics by Douglas Walt in a bookstore so I went to ask and I, I, I was given a variety of answers funnily enough um, one one shop directed me to their graphics novel se- graphic novel section. They said, you know, I know it's not an a- an actual graphic novel, but you know, we like we like to keep them together. Um, one said they'd probably put it in cultural studies if they had a copy, and one said uh, mm, we have a section called books about books for things like that, uh, but you might find it in the graphic novel section. Uh, I'm not really sure. Um, it struck me as with you know where there were great big art books pieces great big shelves full of art books great big shelves full of music books and great big shelves full of um, literary criticism it was really odd that there was no such thing apparently as comics criticism so I thought maybe we could talk about that Um, let's start at the start Martin what's the uh, earliest comics criticism that you know of uh, the earliest I know of would be 1924, a book called um, The Seven Lively Arts by Gilbert Seldes, who was a drama critic and then a, a presenter of a jazz radio show as well, a uh, very distinguished figure. And uh, Seven Lively Arts was arguing that rather than just the the old traditional high arts, what we should be interested in is things like uh, vaudeville slapstick, uh, silent movies, jazz, and indeed newspaper strips, comic strips. And he wrote a, a whole chapter about a, a strip called Crazy Cat that was running there. And this was serious critical writing. And uh, he's one of the, the founders, I suppose, of things like cultural studies and of the whole idea that these other more modern art forms are as worthy of study as the, the old traditional ones. Um, unfortunately, it kind of died off after that, and there wasn't very much following it. And there's a bit of a gulf, really, in serious writing about comics for a long time after that. So, so there was this this one piece of this one piece of uh, work, and then it didn't have it, it had an. You say it had an impact, but things it had died an impact off. at the time. And um, you would find quite a lot of. Uh, newspaper and magazine features on quite a serious level about comic strips there and comic strip creators were well-known people and had a lot of cachet and they were paid extremely well Um, but that kind of faded away in uh, decades later and uh, hasn't the cachet really hasn't even come back even today really yeah so when you say decades later I'm talking about uh, the, the 20s, 30s, 40s. Comic strips had a very high reputation, even mm-hmm. into the 50s, but it was fading by then. Right. And they became less important to newspapers and therefore less important culturally, and their creators became far less well-known. I see. Al, are you, are you conscious of much really old stuff? What, um, what does really old sound like to you? In a the, oldest, the oldest thing I have, um, and this is... This is uh, puny compared to uh, reaching back to <laughs> reaching back to the 1920s is um, a book called uh, The Great Comic Book Heroes by Jules Pfeiffer which isn't um, <coughs> it's it's both a reprint of uh, some of the early um, some of the, the very early strips of uh, the big names like Superman Batman, uh, Captain Marvel a couple of others uh, and it's also an examination by Pfeiffer um, of those strips, and uh, it's it's one of the things that was an inspiration to a lot of people, I think, because you get people like um, 
uh, Gerard Jones, who's uh, a great comics historian of the um, of the modern age. He also had a career in it um, himself. I don't know if anyone remembers Green Lantern Mosaic, in which the Green yeah. Lantern John Stewart found himself on an alien planet that it turned out that he built himself through psychology yeah. and his Green Lantern. It was great. Uh, anyway, no, he wrote, um, he wrote that. Through psychology. Uh, because he went a bit mad and his ring did what he subconsciously wanted. It was very arty. Amazing. Deeply arty for a, a comic about a magic ring. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no. To go to go back to um, uh, comics historians then and now, uh, that first uh, Jules Pfeiffer book. Jules Pfeiffer obviously then going on to was that was that before his great newspaper. It was early on in his work. career. I don't know if it was. It was. It was that. after his work on the Spirit. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was way after that. Yeah. But it was. I think it was before he became what he's best known for. I think is the um, the sort of strips. Yeah, the magazine strips, the, the things like um, the Explainers, Six Six Six, these, oh, which I, I heartily suggest people look up. It's um, it's absolutely fantastic stuff. So, so we're talking about a form which has, which has huge sales. I understand, you know, millions in the in the forties and fifties heyday. In the forties, Min- a Superman comic would be selling millions of copies. Yeah, five million or so. But there was no real market for any kind of critical. Evaluation, no. either either in um, the sort of commercial field or in academia. No, comic books were not taken seriously, and they were treated as stuff for kids. And they were uh, in, in the fifties. This isn't something we wanted to get into, but they were emasculated by a huge fuss about uh, comics being a bad influence and so on. And that took what little reasonably adult material there was at that point and killed that off in America right. and to an extent in Britain and um, you then have fairly asinine and uh, uh, silly and childish comics for some time after I must say looking around the room today it seems fairly clear that comics are a bad influence but <laughs> yeah. while, oh, yeah. while, we're, while we're on the subject are we all happy with the word comics? It's, yes it's, yeah. 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 I mean from I, we were Discussing this, um, I'm going to draw back the curtain slightly and admit that we were discussing this earlier in the pub. Um, but I, I was saying there that from a, a sort of professional, um, I kind of hesitate to, to use that word to, to put put on airs. Go but on. Um, from a professional point of view, there's a lot of uh, within the industry and both both people doing it and people talking about it in the modern day. Um, there are kind of specific terms for those kind of thick collections of comics uh those are trades trade paperbacks um those if they've never been collected before they're uh, they're ogn's original graphic novels and these are these are sort of terms that have evolved they're probably sort of happy with right. but outside that field of people who know the form and kind of are au fait with all of these terms i think it's still kind of a, a slight battleground i think when people are writing you know biff bam powers the watchman movie yeah. 500 mm-hmm. words is this enough for the guardian it's like um i think there's probably still a uh a slight question mark hanging over their heads uh, as to which which term to use i think graphic novels is too often used just to mean this is better than comics and uh i'd rather you just use the term comics in general and use graphic novels for a format as al says yeah i think it's a it's a good name for the form the medium yeah. how do you feel about that magnus oh uh, well I, when i was young i would have been desperate for people not to call them comics and to call them something else instead and i was very pleased that the word graphic novel sort of came about because there's this sort of sense of uh as martin said a sort of infantilization about about it and i didn't want it to be bracketed like that even though looking back at it now all of the topics I, I read in comics were actually sort of quite childish and, and I now think that that's a good thing um, but I, I absolutely agree I think that um, comics is a good word for it it means what it means I think the uh, it, it is very much broader than even uh, what, what Al was saying I think it covers kind of like the three panel strip in a, in a newspaper yeah. and, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of other sort of sequential art. I know that Scott McCloud who's this sort of um, very influential um, raconteur on comics who actually writes his uh, criticism on comics in a comic form 
one of the things that he uh, broadens it to talk about is sequential art. And I think that's taking it um, uh, a little too far to sort of start talking about, um, you know, hieroglyphics as being a comic. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but he, he, he's sort of like quite open about it. And, and even this, this idea of, of changing the CS to an X at the end of the word comics mm-hmm. to sort of imply it's underground. I mean, that's kind of an affectation to not even be in this mainstream comic universe because that's a bit, a bit sort of e- yeah. easily, you know, uh, pigeonholed for you. It was probably more necessary in the 60s when, you know, the mainstream comics, you didn't get anything much more adult than, say, Archie comics, really. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a need to distinguish them, so I could see the point of that X, really. So I, I should add at this point that, you know, I, I've, I've read a few comics over, over since we were agreeing on that term. I've read a few <laughs> comics over the years, but I'm by, I'm by no means an expert in this field. So, Martin, you mentioned the 60s. Now, I am... Conscious that you know, in the in the sixties, uh, one of the things that happened was a critically unappreciated form that was pop music got turned into something called rock music that began to develop its own critical world yeah. and its own its you know schools of criticism and such like. Now I I know that underground comics began to arrive in the sixties because I know a little bit about. Robert Crumb being, you know, the, yeah. the, the probably the most well-known name in that world. Um, did anything happen by way of an a, 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 an analogous um, comics criticism to, to match the rock criticism? Not that I've ever seen. There, there would be some talk about comics in rock magazines at the time so that comics with an X would get a bit mm-hmm. of coverage there but it was kind of just a sideline for them and there was no body of critical writing that grew up within comics at all, no, certainly nothing to remotely compare to what happened with rock music But, uh, okay and so which, which to me is it's fascinating that, that you know that space appears to be cleared but, but you know no, nobody saw fit to move into that world Um when did the when did the phrase graphic novel arrive that we've talked about? That's during the eighties. Yeah. yeah, was it Eisner? No. I think um, Eisner prompted it. I mean, Eisner liked to use the term sequential art, but I think when Eisner started putting out um, books which were, you know, a hundred, two hundred pages, a single story hadn't been serialised somewhere before, then people were looking for a new term for that. And when, with the success of things like Mouse in particular, people were looking for a new word that. Distinguish them from comic books. That's Mouse by Art Spiegelman. Yes, um, two volume, two volumes. It was collected in. Yes, that was serialised and then collected. But um, uh, yes, it was clearly a. a, He was trying to do something there that was far more ambitious than uh, you know your average superhero serial or something like this. And I think they wanted to distinguish that. And I think that's why the term started up. But of course then superhero comics started collecting their yeah. issues in that form and claiming they were graphic novels as well, right. so not very helpful. The Dazzler graphic novel yes, yeah, so, uh, well, remembered that, today. That was an original graphic an novel. An original but, graphic novel, that, um, that does count as an original yeah, tell, right. tell me about the Dazzler. I <laughs> oh, um, I, 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 I've, not, I've not read it myself. I bring it up. I'm more I favour with the New Mutants graphic novel. <laughs> there were quite but, a few of them um, back then. Yeah. The Dazzler graphic novel is, uh, there was a recent podcast, I believe it was was uh, wait, wait, what? Uh, question mark. Which is one of the podcasts I'll be talking about later. Uh, mm-hmm. It may, it may well have been the mindless ones, but it was a podcast that uh, went on at length dissecting for their own amusement the Dazzler graphic novel. It's become a symbol of what was <laughs> it's, it's wrong become a with symbol. the pretense that these things um, were graphic novel. These <laughs> things tended to be forty-four page, i.e., like double the length of your average superhero comic, mm-hmm. and they were just another superhero comic story with no more substance to them than that. Though some yeah. had slightly extra pretensions, but never very. I remember the, the the New Mutants graphic novel was possibly the first example of a zero issue in the, a special <laughs> comic that came out before the series itself, which had all the origins in it. Uh, okay. Well, where does mm-hmm. Killing Joe? Fall into this because that, that that was really acclaimed when it came out. And to have the green ink yeah. killing joke was, was sort of a very very big thing because you had the first print of this, and they were calling it a graphic novel, and it was a seminal story. And yeah. actually, it was a good story. I, I killing, don't, killing I don't joke is, is to me it's, killing joke is a rock and roll. It's, band, a, so. it's a Batman thing, so it's centered around the Joker by uh, Alan Moore and Brian Bolland. Okay. And uh, who it was is a sort of really super team at the time. And you, of course, you've got uh, things like Dark Knight coming out mm-hmm. uh, around that same sort of time. I don't want to sound like I'm thinking that. 
superhero comics or superhero graphic novels are automatically inferior to ones with more literary ambitions, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that they muddied the waters a lot with the <laughs> spreading, uh, spreading the term to include uh, the, nearly anything the in a square-bound volume. Yeah, basically. the genre's still got a massive um, stranglehold, and I yeah. think he, certainly back in the... Uh, Back in the eighties, there was the huge, you know, superhero comics versus non-superhero comics, yeah. and even today, you've got um, you've got a kind of there are a lot of a lot of critics who um, there are critics who only talk about superhero comics. There are critics who only talk about non-superhero comics, yeah. and uh, and there are whole magazines like that. I mean, I think if yeah. you're talking about the development yeah. of criticism, the Comics Journal is a key place to start. So when, when did that start? That started, I think, in 1977, something like that. Because, yeah. um, I mean, it strikes me that the phrase graphic novel in itself is an act of criticism. I mean, yes. You, know, you, you are... Mm. You it's are, an attempt to reclaim a certain you're, you're, Yeah, you're, you're marking out some territory for being thought about in a particular way. So Comics Journal started in the 70s. Yeah, in the 70s. late 70s, and it very quickly developed into something that was by far the most serious, high-quality critical magazine co- uh, comics in the Western world. Uh, mm-hmm. seen, sorry, the Anglophone world, I mm-hmm. should say. Um, and it has dominated ever since. It was um, quite self-appointed in that role, though, wasn't it? I mean, it, it set out to well, do it, it and it, it told it, people it was. It yeah. did earn it, I think, yeah. its, its mm-hmm. position by writing a lot of good criticism, a lot of serious <laughs> criticism. And uh, I think it's it's been a good thing, but it's... It's sometimes been a bit narrow in its attitudes, like you say, to to superhero comics, for instance. They don't want to talk about them, by and large, and they will in rare exceptional cases, but by and large, they don't want to touch them. It must Um, have been thin soup in the late 70s if they weren't writing about superhero comics, though. Well, there was a certain amount of stuff that had carried over from the underground era, which they were particularly interested in. Okay. Um, and it, to be honest, in the early days, they did cover a certain mm-hmm. amount of superhero stuff, and they, they moved away from that as they established their own territory, really. And they turned into a major publisher as well of uh, a lot of um, indie stuff, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very good publisher. They've published enormous amounts of great material. Um, and they've been very good as a magazine, but I, I, I do think they're... They take a rather traditional high culture approach to the whole thing. They're looking for literary values and they're yeah. approaching it in that kind of way. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I do think they're a little narrow both in their attitudes to uh, comics that aren't obviously of lit- uh, looking for literary values and in their, their rather old-fashioned, I think, high culture approach. So who's writing for those people? Is that an academic? Is it people coming out of academia? Is it people coming out of newspapers? Is it a mixture? It's, I don't know so much about newspapers. There's a certain amount that's come out of academia and there's a certain yeah. amount where they've comic fans have just found their territory there. People who want to write that kind of thing about that kind of material mm-hmm. have found the Comics Journal the place to do it in. They've had some very good writers over the years. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big admirer of it. I, I just think it's dominated that territory so much that nothing else really has had much of a look in over the decades. I, I feel that it, it's... Um, I mean, it, it does have this sort of literary aspect to it, but one of the things it did, uh, which was very influential to me, is it created this kind of cult of the creator about um, about comics. And mm. so it was... It, you know, what you were reading in the comic wasn't the continuing story of, A, another superhero. You were reading somebody's creation. And they'd have um, issue-long... theory. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and they, they had issue-long interviews with, with these people. And, and I remember, that, you know, the Dave Sim one before, you know, he, he was a controversial yeah. character. It was very, very influential. Before he went mad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, that still affects me today. When I think about a comic, I think about the creators, and I think it's... Um, uh, cover your ears for this, Al. I think that being a comics creator <laughs> is kind of like a, a, a very aspirational job, and, and I admire people who do it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Most people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so as, we, as we saw, as, as, we, as we see Comics Journal coming into existence and and i assume bits and bobs of other things yeah um uh, do we begin to see schools of thought and tribes of criticism emerge not enough i don't think i think that was one of the problems the journal became the magazine for that and it had its own perspective and i think it kind of dominated too much yeah i mean at the at the time it's um obviously at the time i've got this um i've got this big cardboard box full of old comics journals and old FAs mm. uh, but obviously now we're in we're in much more of a primordial soup in the even, yeah, even the comics journal has gone gone yeah. digital I think was 300 the last print issue 
I'm not sure. Something like that. Oh, I'm, 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 yeah. I seem to remember them doing a massive blowout of interviews with like creators interviewing each other. Yeah. Um, and you can get some of you can get excerpts of some of these on the web. And uh, but I think that was the last print issue. That was a special, um, uh, a special final final print issue, celebratory thing. And I think it's gone fully digital now, and it's sort of joined the other the kind of instant thing. And there are sort of definite. I'm not sure about. There are certainly schools of thought. There are definitely schools of tone of how to critique. There certainly are now. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about yeah. the 70s, 80s. But 70s, 80s, I, I don't know. I can tell you. I think mm-hmm. the, the Comics yeah. Journal might have been the. Yeah, a place to aspire well, to. I mean, if I can talk about my own magazine. Well, yes, please do. Actually, talk yeah. about talk about FA One well, rather than the new FA, if you want. Well, a, a fancy advertiser, as it was called in those days, started <laughs> actually in the late sixties. It predates that by quite a long way, but basically as an advertising sheet, really, for somebody selling stuff. Um, but it gradually developed into a fanzine. And back in the the eighties, when I took it over, it was passed through a few editors' hands over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some ambitions to get to um, something like the quality of the journal, but I wanted more of a variety of approaches, and I wanted more of a variety of coverage. I liked superhero comics as well as liking Will Eisner or Art Spiegelman or whatever, um, and I wanted to cover them all with enthusiasm and interest and intelligence and to take different approaches. I, I think there was some success in what we did back then, but... Uh, uh, to a limited degree, I wouldn't make great claims for it by any means, um, and I, I think there's still room for expanding the ways you can talk about comics. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of room for it now, um, and that's something that I hope we will talk about later. For now, since we've uh, said the uh, D word, that is to say, digital, let's listen to a digital version of a song from 1970. Is the Rosillos 1978? Like that. Yeah. Uh, it's called 2000 AD.
This is Resonance 104.4, The Art of Listening, and we're talking about comics and criticism of comics. I'm here with Al Ewing, Magnus Anderson, uh, <laughs> and Martin Skidmore. Excuse me. Um, we've, we've sort of covered some of the history of comics criticism, and I want to spend the next bit of time talking about um the 1990s to the present day and specifically you know as as we all know the only really interesting thing that's happened in the last <laughs> 20 years is the uh, development of the internet and it mm-hmm. changed everything whether you like it or not so i'm going to start by asking magnus how do you think the advent of the internet has changed the way comics themselves as opposed to necessarily criticism comics themselves have been consumed uh, oh, that's a very big topic. Yes. Um, I'd, You've got 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess there are, there are two big effects. Um, one is the, the sort of like the cataloguing and the, the availability of um, knowledge of comics and, and uh, access to criticism of comics and just generally the sort of like the diversification of how many comics you might come across because you're talking about them and you're, you're engaging with other people. Uh, and the other thread which I come on to, to later is, is sort of like literally digital comics themselves. So piracy and uh, and um, downloadable non-corporeal comics. But I, I think the first one is um, uh, I mean it certainly changed comics consumption for me a lot because prior to um, to the internet and, and I really sort of started engaging with it in, in the mid-90s, um, I, I'd need to see a comic in a shop in order to, to know to go for it and even then I was probably a little bit scared about the comic which I didn't know because they're expensive and they had um, uh, some quite high barriers to, co- to consumption apart from the cost that you'd not know what the story was going to be like before you joined it in, uh, before you joined in. Sometimes it would be um, you know, part five of a 12-part story, and sometimes it'd be even bigger than that. It would be somewhere within this giant universe of, of characters. And mm-hmm. if you didn't jump in at the right time or if you weren't committed to really engage with it, then, then there, there wasn't a lot of point in joining in. And um, then when I discovered Alt.Comics, um, which was a, a sort of user username um, gr- uh, group on comics, uh, which at that time was, was very small, in fact, so small that I've discovered since some of the people I've met in the noughties I had my first interaction with on alt.comics. Um, and I don't think that's much of a surprise because I think the, the kind of, there's an intensity of um, the technorality uh, and, the, and the, the sort of like comics fandom that was bound to meet at this particular intersection. Um, but they, they would talk about comics and, and sort of actually bring up um, whole new categories and genres of comics. I mean, I, I don't think I read underground comics until I started hearing about them there. Uh, and the, that that line has just expanded. I think that since um, uh, since the nineties to now, I mean, every new medium of, of, of or forum for for discussing things. So, like the the advent of um, personal websites, and then blogs, and then um, social networks, and and, and all of those have. Um, uh, and forums have, have each of them have have been co-opted to discuss and and uh, fragment comic consumption. And I, I sometimes really wonder if that was part of sort of like the the end of a, a comics boom that you weren't able to, uh, which which is thought to have happened in the mid nineties, that you weren't able to control your IP of a comic in the way that you you had previously. That you were now fa- whereas you, previously everyone would buy any comic with a, a particular genre or superhero in it. Afterwards, people would would be reading reviews about it, or be aware that there are things they could they could go and consume, and and there was sort of a, a lack of control on the uh, from the the publishers over, over comics on that. So have people have people stopped buying comics in the way that people have stopped buying music? That's a different issue. Um, I don't know. I, I know that sales figures are down. And they're, they're really dramatically down. Comics sell in, in sort of like the single thousands uh, now. I think 2000 AD, which is the biggest UK seller, has probably got a, a newsstand um, circulation of about 20,000. Is that right, Al? I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it used to be 20 years ago it was 100,000. I yeah. think it probably is around that order of magnitude now, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So from the, from the point of view of... Knowing what you know about the industry, Al, is, is there a sense um, of is there a sense of panic in that? There in is. That world? There's a sense of we're hitting the wall now because basically, I I'm sure Magnus, you've noticed, and um, Martin, if you've been buying recently, the the prices of these things yeah. have been creeping up and up and up, and now the average. The price for superhero comic for the last, um, or you know, any any comic that you get in that pamphlety form, 
um, is about four dollars from from the big three two. or four, yeah, three or four. I mean, the big two are definitely on the four dollar range. The big two the big, are Marvel and DC. Marvel and DC. Right? Okay. I'm sorry, I've heard these are no, these sorry. are the two <laughs> the two biggest American publishers known collectively as the big two. I understand. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, but they've been they've been creeping up and up, and then recently, I think both Marvel and DC, um, and I think both. This was either at New York or San Diego. I think it was at New York. Uh, the New York Comics Convention. Um, mm-hmm. There's also a comics convention in San Diego. I but at the... At the <laughs> yeah. Only just. Just keeping keeping everyone in the loop there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in New York they announced a, uh, a price cut to um, to take a lot of their comics down down a dollar. And there's there's this sense that a barrier has been reached, a sort of... There's a sort of thus far and no further, and after which readers are not willing to kind of pay that much money. Unless you're already very committed, so you don't well, attract new ones. That's the problem. Uh, comic, comic readers yeah. are addicts. Uh, yeah. It is, but you're not attracting new ones if your price is quite it. high. This it's, is it. It's you're quite only scary in. addicts. Addicts, you know, <laughs> addicts end up overdosing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, 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 can, you chase after a dwindling pool of, of those people. We yeah. can we can take this analogy even further. <laughs> <We> can, uh, <laughs> Something I've noticed about how people consume comics, which I think might be linked to this, is that you can now, um, uh, in, in the way that you can pirate music, you can pirate comics. So people scan them in and then they they distribute them over the internet. And I've noticed on comics forums, people are actively consuming basically every comic that's published, but digitally. And then as an expression of their fandom, Mm -hmm. they will go out and buy a physical copy of a comic that they liked. Um, So there's a kind of like um, an ex-post engagement with the the medium. So what, what they're kind of saying is they're going to endorse this basically commercial enterprise with with their favour only if it's good enough of after the event. I bet that's a small number of people though, isn't it? And that's a, that, that's yeah. only ever going to be a minority so. of people that decide I to mean, effectively donate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and even even then it's um the yeah, even even then the the kind of line of what they what they would buy in their current circumstances versus what they would buy if the digital the yeah. ability to download all this stuff digitally for free illegally was not there. Uh, if they couldn't do this, I, you know, there would probably be more comics on that list of things mm-hmm. to buy. Oh, I think absolutely. it's more than just donating, though, because there is a difference. There's more of a difference between the digital <coughs> form and the physical form in comics than there is, for instance, in music, mm-hmm. where if, you're listen- if you listen to music on uh, your MP3 player then actually there isn't a real difference between whether you've got the CD or not. But having the comic or not, it's a different experience reading that than it is turning the pages in a digital comic and so on. So I think there are people who prefer to have well, that. You could, and you, you could kind of say the same thing about albums. I mean, the uh, the album I, as a unit I'm not saying is, there's no difference, but I think there's no. a bigger difference between... Because you are directly experiencing it as a reader in a different way if you're holding it in your hands and turning the pages rather than having to click something to See, get the next page from, to load and scroll up and down and yeah. so on. I, I think one, one of the things that's done in press as well, as you were talking about this kind of like they, they, the comics companies feed addicts by creating these communal universes and you have to buy every last item. Yeah. Um, now, simply to consume the complete story, you don't need to, to, to spend a lot of money if, if you're that particular a Prohibitive yeah. amount. Yes. A lot of the time there are times where there's 20 or 30 comics coming out in a month, all a part of one story, and that will co- continue for four months. And there'll be 100 comics in this story, yeah. and that's, that can be $400 yeah, dollars to spend to, right. to that's that's a massive outlay. I mean, from my from my point of view, I want to get back to um, uh, well. I mean, really, this is this is relevant to, to all the punch we've been making so far. Is that the the kind of digital digital comics is people are very excited about that as a sort of legal thing, as mm-hmm. um, as you know, everybody's looking for next iTunes, the comics iTunes. So, and I think more and more that those um, that thing about people wanting a physical comic in their hands. More and more, as the price of that physical object has crept up and up, yeah. more and more people are kind of finding, well, actually... And, and without as it, also yeah. reading, you've got devices like the iPad. The iPad's been huge for digital comics. Right. Um, I mean, I don't 
I don't have one. The, the number of creators who do is insane, considering it's just a big iPhone. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, I, I use it for, for reading comics, and both um, uh, DC and Marvel use a very, very similar app. I think it might have this, a common technology behind it. And it doesn't just show you the page. It actually sort of, like, guides you through it. So it'll pick up a panel and, um, and, and kind of, like, wipe that one off and move another one on. So it's matching the action in it. And if the panel's particularly big, it'll first give you the full panel, then zoom in and then move around it. That's, that's kind of weird to me because that's sort of... Um, Immensely annoying. I think. <laughs> well, hearing, hearing that, I'm just wondering what is the... You know, how long before that becomes one of these horrible motion comics where you've got these, <laughs> this, like, this one underpaid actor doing all the voices <laughs> and like, putting on a female voice for Silk Spectre. And, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have seen the Watchmen motion comic. Oh, no, no. I've been... Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's got the one guy doing all the... I don't know if he was. I'm sure he was paid very well. Um, but he's doing all the voices. And, cool. you know, he's, he's a very, very good actor. He's a very good voice man. But, you know, he's not a woman. And you can kind of tell when right. he does the female characters in the sort of, uh, you know, the voice of the voice of a man trying to tell a woman. That sounds amazing to me. <laughs> I think one problem kind of I have with the, the way digital comics are being done so far is that they're trying to move the paper comics with so much to a page online in a very literal mm. sense, and they're not really thinking about the different ways they could do things digitally. And there's, there are people who are doing that, but there's not an awful lot of it. So Scott McLeod's written some about it. I, 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 want to, I want to move back to criticism yeah. now we've talked about the new world of comics, because you know, I think it's important that you know, we understand that, that online has had a massive effect on comics. But I, I, my guess is, and I, genuinely I don't know, but my guess is that we've, we, with the explosion of voices online, we've seen a massive explosion of comics criticism. Is that correct? Um, yes. Uh, every, from the, the, the swamps of the, uh, the Usenet. And Usenet <laughs> has become a swamp. Um, <laughs> Usenet, Usenet being a, a, a message board, like a, an, an early message board. An early message board. That, that is renowned, certainly in the music world, it's renowned for having been amazingly lively once and then having become almost unbearable that, yeah. that is it, the alt, um, yeah. alt Comics 2000 AD is now one guy of questionable mental stability talking to himself, <laughs> literally answering his own posts for like 17 posts in a thread, he will answer himself, he will talk to himself he will, um, he'll, he'll, he'll almost be arguing with himself, he'll just, uh, and occasionally somebody will go Somebody will say to him, shut up, and then he'll scream, I'm leaving. I'm never, I'm never coming back on my cat's life. And, yeah, that, that poor cat, because um, he's, he's, he's put it in a more, grave. More than nine times. Yeah. But, yeah, basically, uh, <coughs> basically, yeah, so use that as well. Slightly above that, you've got the, the message boards of the comic companies and uh, the kind of comments threads, which are renowned for people um, going on, you know, typing stuff like, Alan with two L's, Moore with like three O's and a Q <laughs> is a hack. Seventeen exclamation marks, and then it's like you know, two hundred people have replied to this. With and and but but at the top of this, you know, the actual blogs. Um, there's a case where cream has sort of risen to the top in terms of criticism, and you can actually. There's some amazing quality criticism uh, of comics coming out from, from all, all sorts of different schools. And the wonderful thing is that all these people link to each other. So if you can find one of these blogs, it's like there's a web of them, and you can just follow all the strands and, uh, and find all of these new voices. So if you were, if you were a listener listening to this and thinking, mm, I'd like to read some of that, where would you, what, well, give, give us a couple of blog names to I would, kick I, off with. If you start with the, the mindless ones... The mindless ones, nice. Yeah. They have named after the uh, the rampaging monsters of Doctor Strange fame uh, oh, yeah, in the dark dimension. Uh, instead of a face, they've got a ray gun. They're wonderful <laughs> beasts. Um, yeah, the, the mindless ones. They talk more than anything else about Grant Morrison. Uh, they came out of Barbaleth, which was the uh, Grant Morrison related message board, and um, that's still that's still going. Although posts seem to be increasingly seldom. Mm-hmm. Um, but a number of a number of people with uh, exciting pseudonyms like Gary Lactus, uh, <laughs> Botswana Beast, uh, Amy Poodle, all, um, well, all all great, brilliant critics, kind of came off there. You know, formed a collective uh, to talk about stuff. And you know, there's been a lot of Grant Morrison for them to talk about recently. <laughs> they've they've talked about a lot of other stuff. Uh, they recently did a 
very lively podcast on um they've done a lot of podcasts recently they did uh one about uh, clint mark miller's new thing and uh which is i think the fourth issue just hit the stands yeah and uh dodgem logic which similarly i think just had its fourth issue um Sam which Moore. is alan moore's yeah. uh fanzine centered on northampton <laughs> um which is it's it's you know, good. Uh, I've not actually picked up an issue of Clint, so I, I couldn't possibly comment. But um, I've picked up a, a couple of issues of Dodge and Logic, and that's very good. Yeah. Al, um, do, you, do you find yourself following what people say about you on blogs? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, how, I do. How does that blogs and message boards. <laughs> um, it's I've only ever lost my rag once, um, <laughs> and that was after I had a terrible hangover at the time. It was a Sunday morning. I was really not in the mood. And um, I don't know, it was like somebody saying that I shouldn't be writing about this because of the international situation in this. <laughs> uh, Obama had just been elected and, you know, something that I'd written during the dying days of the Bush administration had just seen print. And uh, there was a sort of suggestion that I shouldn't be writing this sort of stuff and annoying our new American allies. And it was like... <laughs> um, and I think Do you I was, think you have a huge influence on the American president? Well, this is, I, I, I mean, at the time, I would just I just <laughs> fired off a load of nonsense um, that was absolutely my dark, my worst hour as a human being. Um, Did it get uh, widely? Oh, it turned around. into a thing. I immediately, I immediately, um, well, yeah, I immediately uh, thought better of it and uh, and tried to dig my way out of it, but uh, with profuse apologies. But um, that was the only time I've ever I've ever really lost my temper. And uh, but really, it kind of comes into. I mean, as somebody, it's either sort of uh, people like it, in which case I'm obviously fine. Um, <laughs> people don't like it, and I kind of can kid myself that they don't get it, and that's sort <laughs> of like I can. So that's like war off ducks back, and I can sort of you know stay in my bubble. And uh, and then there's the third type, which is people have very const- don't like it. They've got very constructive criticism as to why, and they're right. Right. And it's like that's that really, really that's really bad because that's like you have to go back and rethink your entire approach to writing. That. So, so what are the uh, uh, to come back to the, the the schools of criticism question that I asked earlier? Now you you mentioned that there were some schools knocking around. There. Yeah, I mean, the, what, are the, the, what are the main? I'd say there are sort of axes or, or possibly Venn diagrams, and that they're, they're sort of um, voices that are very. Uh, Almost of of the people, kind of the sort of snarky, um, wise ass voices, um, and that, those can range between. Uh, I, I, okay, let's have two axes. Let's have sort of intellect, heavily intellectual on like the the upper end of the y axis, okay. and then at the bottom end of the y axis, we'll have like non heavily, you know, heavily of the people, heavily uh, populist, yeah. possibly heavily awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so very 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 concerned, very concerned with with. The awesome with the, the like the the zap and the the pow yeah. and the the kind of thrill power, um, and you know that writing in a style that is very kind of thrill power itself. Uh, and then you've got people kind of the sort of mean on the x axis. You've got sort of mean spirited versus uh, generous, kind of generous spirited. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so if you if you plot things on those on that x axis and that y axis, you've got you've got stuff that's sort of very smart, snarky and very lowbrow. You've got stuff that's very generous and very lowbrow. You've got, but um, I mean, when I say lowbrow, that is not a because ev- everybody I read is extremely smart. You can you can you can yeah. see it sort of wafting off them. But people have different voices; they have different tones mm-hmm. to appeal to different readerships. For example. Um, Chris Sims, a uh, very intelligent guy, a uh, very good critic. Um, he does a lot of work on Comics Alliance, which is another um, that's sort of news review website. He's uh, very insightful. Um, his tone is very sort of um, it's very sort of uh, the he's very fond of the awesome. Uh, Batman throwing a car battery at a criminal is one of his uh, in in Jim Apero style <laughs> is uh, is one of his. Um, one of his big things. Um, he's, he's he's of that. On his podcast, he has a, a section called "Big Ups to All My Haters," nice. in which he will call out uh, people who've left snarky comments on his articles. So there's that sort of hip hop, and it, you know, he um, actually I've got a song coming up by his his partner on that podcast, uh, Eugene Arn, who also known as Adam Warrock, who is a ex lawyer. 
Um, I think he, he stopped doing that. Uh, I think he stopped being on the podcast as well, so ex-comic critic, which would make him a full-time rapper. Nice. Um, this seems shall like we a segue into this? To, uh, shall we? And then here he is with Silver Age. He's backed up by somebody else, but I'm afraid you're going to have to look up. This is the story of my origin, a sort of ordinary, normal, boring kid who wasn't concerned about prom king. Until I turned my tenure as an honorary member of the West Coast Avengers to a dirty South Swamp thing. They sent me on a mission to find the stolen remnant of the central store of wisdom divine. Code of the infinite, I've been to four dimensions in mind. Molded with pixel flick, a mental organism designed only for killing this mic. And the second we step in from backstage, we rap like it's an action-packed splash page. Act like we're trying to cause an avalanche cascade. Cause we'd rather turn back than attack halfway. We're Paving pathways like Stan and Jack both. In fact, these rap quotes impact like Black Bolt said it. So roll credits on these Jersey Shore girls. They can break the fourth wall. We break the fourth world. Painting pictures jumping straight from the page. And I'm the man of steel damage in your paper mache. Whether you get the singles or you wait for the trade. The Silver Age MC stay saving the day. We take an aim at major labels for practice. We're radioactive without the radio play. And before I die, I'ma get my final tour. Holding the hammer of Thor. Standing the shoulders of Devil Dinosaur. We take the Stage, write rhymes to fill a page Cause the music we made is bringing in the silver age This is beyond the golden age of rapid comic books Rock for people sick of the direction that the genre took And Adam Warrock is rocking the mic And Tribe One got it locked in my binocular sight Damn right For all the people saying back in the day The silver age is here to bring back what Santa Jack made Get up, everyone who thought they headed for home Y'all just stepped through the portal to the negative zone In a parallel dimension where the comics never change Where hip-hop isn't dead like nasty not proclaimed Yo, but I ain't stuck in the dead Days of future past or writing some stupid raps just like a producer ass Had a label where they try to change my image while indifferent to the art that I be spitting like whack rappers and comic hacks And though you probably never thought of it before How rap and comic culture could converge in one form While the rappers pen the stories and DJs paint the picture and the listener contributes images for action scripted So even though the tale of Adam's done quick I gotta live my life on Earth 616 Cause I'm getting older seems like the planet's getting colder So I gotta keep my heart warm by rapping like this So when I look at all the comics I but all I see left behind it is a trail of Kirby dots Cause whether old Jack did it or not All the culture's got an origin of those that came before it With a sort of dope endorsement from the course of those who poured in Every breath to speak the choruses or dopest life performances Or maybe just a kid staying up at night Reading comics in the dark up past his bedtime We take the stage, write rhymes to fill a page Cause the music we made is bringing in the silver age This is beyond the golden age of rapid comic books Rock for people sick of the direction that the genre took And Adam Warrock is rocking the mic Trump one got it locked in my binocular sight. Damn right. For all the people saying back in the day, the Silver Age is here to bring back what Santa Jack made. This is the Silver Age of rap, the future of boom back. Cause we take it back. We're moving straight ahead, and that's that. As a matter of fact, this ain't even the best yet. We're taking the next step. On your mark, get set. And ruckus is making beats that make you snap your damn necks. As we sit and write the history of future murder mystery. Cause every time we kill it, know there's only one life with limitless possibilities for rocking the mic. We take the stage, write rhymes to fill a page Cause the music we made is bringing in the silver age This is beyond the golden age of rapid comic books Rock for people sick of the direction that the genre took And Adam Warrock is rocking the mic And Tribe One got it locked in my binocular sight Damn right For all the people saying back in the day The silver age is here to bring back what Santa Jack made Who was that, Al? That was uh, Adam Warrock uh, featuring Tribe One, and that song was called The Silver Age, and it's on a um, an album which I think is called... Yeah, it's Adam Warrock and the War for Infinity, um, and that's available uh, digitally. You can the, download the whole thing. The War for Infinity? Uh, yes. Nothing I'm, to do with warfare in? No. No, um, no. So uh, before, we, before we move on to the next little bit of the show in the few minutes that we have remaining... Um, a few more, a few more names for people to look out for if they happen to be listening. Please. Yeah, I'm going to very, very quickly reel through an enormous load of names. Uh, like I said, there's uh, there's Chris Sims, uh, very good. Um, there's uh, he's, his podcast is uh, War Rocket Ajax. There's uh, over on this side of the pond. Um, the pond Paul in o- the Atlantic Ocean. I yes, believe. the pond. Yeah. Yes, in this country, <laughs> we have uh, Paul O'Brien and Al Kennedy who do um, House to Astonish. 
which is another podcast that's regularly done every two weeks. Uh, very good. Um, let me think. There's uh, Dave Uzumari. I hope I've pronounced his name right. He's very good. Um, he's found on Kangarat Murder Society. I think that's the name. Uh, Matt Seneca, um, Death of the Universe is his blog name. He's very good. He's uh, uh, one to watch. Um, oh, Tucker Stone, uh, very savage, mm-hmm. very uh, very very brutal critic. Um, very smart, very uh, very good stuff. Writes in this sort of uh, slightly Dave Eggers style. Okay. Um, that's uh, the uh, I can't remember the name of his podcast. It's the, the rational will, opinion. We can, um, we'll we get can, back to it. We, we will put URLs on freakydrigger.co.uk. I'll just uh, I'll just do a huge a huge list of uh, a huge list really of URLs. Um, oh, mustn't forget Colin Smith on. Uh, he did do he did do a blog called That Reminds Me of This, and he folded it into Too Busy Thinking About My Comics dot com, nice. which is uh, again it's this side of the pond. It's really amazing stuff. There's Douglas Walk, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's he's found on Comics Alliance. Uh, he's also on Wired. I think I that think. will do. Yeah, I'll just I'll just do an enormous list. Of Any favourites that you'd like to uh, point out? Um, I was a big follower of Bubble if while it was going on. Um, there there is one which is now sadly finished, which I, I enjoyed. This is nothing like the kind of criticism that, that Al was talking about. It was called the Prog Slog. And it was this guy called Paul Rayner who reviewed every single oh, issue of 2008 in, in order. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And it nearly killed him. He was sort of like going, he, you could detect he was sort of losing it a bit at certain places because it was such an mm. enormous project. There's nothing here for <laughs> Trigger Light more than the huge <laughs> project. Um, another, another website that we know, we know for sure that it's a good idea to look out for, is the recently revivified uh, FA. And the reason we know that is because Martin's editing it. Um, yeah. what, what, why, why start a comic site in this day and age, Martin? Uh, I don't know, really. I just felt like reviving it. I lasted FA like 20 years ago, and I hadn't really been tempted to revive anything like it. And then one day I just thought, actually, I kind of fancy doing this. Uh-huh. So I thought I'd give it a go. And it's working quite well so far, I think. I've been enjoying it. Good. What are you, what are you hoping to achieve? Well, I... <laughs> Probably just to entertain people, just to provide diversion for people who want to read about comics. I'm hoping that we can be a bit more varied than most sites are, which, as Alice talked about, do tend to have their fairly narrow focus. And if they're only written by one or two people, that's natural enough. Mm-hmm. And they don't have time to cover a huge range of things. Uh, we're getting a whole lot of people involved, and I hope we can cover a wider range of things. And I hope we can do it in a wider range of styles. I still think there is a lot of... I think there's a lot of different ways of talking about art in the widest sense that have never been applied to comics and that can be applied to comics. And I want to bring that in. Well, we've got a few friends who... uh, Well, Al's brother, Tom, for instance, I hope is going to be doing regular work for me, certainly promised to. We were hoping Tom would be in the studio. Yeah, yeah. stuck in Germany. He's stuck in Germany after a rough Um, time on the Reaper band. But his way of writing about things is not something that's been seen in comics criticism before. Um, we've got his one or his two way of writing about things should be familiar to Freaky Trigger yeah, uh, absolutely. readers, but it, it tends to be, and, and this is going to be a horribly reductive way of summing it up, but it tends to be um, quite personal. Yeah. Um, how else would you describe? Well, he once right? wrote it up himself when he, he was he was doing kind of like slightly meta post, mm. and I he he described himself very succinctly, which is one of the things he does very well, which is describe things succinctly. Mm-hmm. He applied it to himself, and I can't remember most of what he said apart from the phrase "reasonable to a fault." <laughs> well, is, I think I think Tom's a very creative writer in a lot of ways, but I also think he's extremely interested in success and popularity, as you'll know from the popular series mm-hmm. on Freaky Trigger, and. He he's going to be bringing some of that to FA. And it's not something that's really been addressed very much before. And I think that's a different approach. We've got one or two other people who will be doing things in a different way. I want a variety of things on there. I want a variety of approaches and subject matters because I still think there's a lot that we can do with the writing about comics. Um, I I did some of this in FA in the past. We... uh, 
You talked about music criticism, it was a parallel. We had people ranting from a very political point of view, a very lefty or anarchist political point of view, which I think was more like, say, a Stephen Wells kind of approach to music mm-hmm. criticism. And I think there's room for a lot of different angles. I think there's a need for a lot of different angles. Um, I, we've only just started, and I, I wouldn't claim that we've got anything much that justifies this kind of talk on there at the moment. But I have some ambition for it, and I want it to get better and better and more and more varied. And uh, I want to do things that no one has done about comics before. I want to take some different approaches. I, I um, From my point of view, I think it's... I always think it's fantastic when people try to um, try to set up uh, places for medium and long form criticism in yeah. a in a world of message board, um, you know, three line critique. I think there's a I think there's there's you know that anyone that feels minded to make that move in the modern world should be applauded because you know, it, it's a it's one way to think, and it's a way to think that is that takes a bit more energy than the. Than the you know the message board culture, I believe. Yeah, but I want I, I want reviews that are very short. I've been telling people there are no word count limits, mm-hmm. either minimum or maximum, uh, for how long a review or a piece should be, and uh, no one's taken much advantage of that so far. They have tended to be a fairly sensible length, and I hope we can I hope we can shake it up as time goes <laughs> on and vary things a lot more. Do Do you sense in your life on um, message boards, Magnus. I mean, not that you spend your whole life on message boards, but I think <laughs> no, no you know. employers. I definitely <laughs> yeah, don't do the, that. Dear employers, <laughs> Magnus never reads them really. Um, but if you did read them, um, do you get the sense that uh, where there is longer form criticism, either on blogs or in sites like FA, uh, that, that has much impact in the message board world? Is it is it grist? Um, uh, the, the forums don't they'll occasionally sort of mention an article but they, they mm-hmm. have a completely different sort of focus, it's, it's banter and, and um, discussion mm-hmm. and argument in, in the forums, but what, what, what I like about um, where the fact that there is long form criticism available on the internet is that it'll hopefully have a different effect to sort of when um, comics I think are probably mature enough that they'll that, that they can be, be interacting with it they, they can uh, be something to deliver something worth critiquing and there was this sort of feeling that when uh, comics during the 80s suddenly got called graphic novels and you got long-form criticism about them there, mm-hmm. it was like they almost suddenly reversed back into it and you got these comics like Deadline and Revolver and, and, and Crisis who are all suddenly extremely excited about being taken seriously and acted like mm-hmm. teenagers suddenly you know, dressing up in, in grown-up clothes and being style magazines. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'm quite glad that, you know, that we seem to be past that now. Yeah. Well, Do you feel the same about that now? <laughs> Yeah, I'm feeling that um, we're in a sort of new age of uh, people thinking about comics. In yeah, no, I think we're in a, a new, a new silver age of criticism. Silver to, age to bring it back. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, you know, you've got, you've got, like I said, you've got the cream really having risen to the top of the internet, mm-hmm. and after, you know, after about. And I, mean, I think it's only going to get better because more and more people are going to be reading this stuff and thinking, um, oh, I, I've got to get my thoughts down. And then some of them, you know, some of them aren't going to be very good and some of them are going to be very good. And that's um, – that's, and more and more you've got things like podcasts. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of comics podcasts. You've got loads of them. I'm going to briefly mention Everything Comes Back to 2000 AD, <laughs> which is the current 2000 AD review podcast. Nice. Um, so I'll briefly get that. And also, 2008 message boards are very nice. Uh, you were talking about message boards. They're not... I know I was saying earlier that message boards were a swamp. That's other people's message boards. <laughs> 2000 ADs are full of wonderful people. It's the sunny uplands, right? Yes, exactly. It's the sunny uplands. Well, while we're on this sort of name-checking thing... I am name-checking. have got check. a few, few seconds left. Uh, the, the URL of FA, Martin. Comiczine-fa.com. Which we will, of course, list on the uh, website when this goes up. Um, this is Resonance 104.4 FM. You've been listening to Freaky Trigger and the Lollards of Pop. Um, we have a few seconds left, so I would like to say thank you to Al Ewing. Cheers. Magnus Anderson. Thanks. Martin Skidmore. Thank you very much to Hazel for uh, being our excellent um, engineer this evening. I'm Tim Hopkins, freakytrigger.co.uk. Uh, this, we will be playing ourselves out with... A song called, what is it, Martin? I think it's Comic Book Crazy. Comic Book Crazy by, can you remember? Little Sammy Yates. Little Sammy Yates. He sounds like a nice lad. Yes.
It's a bird. It's a dog. Uh-uh, that's my baby. Here I am in a loony episode. I wonder why a man has to carry this load. It used to be the western movie shooting up the land. But there goes my baby in Superman's hand. My baby's on comic book crazy. My baby's on comic book crazy. This looks like a job for Superman. What do I have to do to keep my love hot? The girl ain't satisfied with what she's got. Now Donald Duck is sitting on my chimney top. He's waiting to take my baby to the record hop. My baby's gone comic book crazy. My baby's gone comic book crazy. All the girl can say is... That's all, folks.